Hello and welcome to my latest podcast. As usual, it consists essentially of the rantings of a grumpy old man with his tongue usually firmly embedded in his cheek and his brain left to have a lie in. I've recorded them in alphabetical order because I might get bored and give up before I reach F, thereby avoiding ugly confrontations with my family. This week, C is for councils. You know, those things run by busybodies who like to interfere in other people's lives and waste our money on crazy schemes like creches for one-legged black lesbian single parents and twinning the local blood transfusion unit with a small town in southern Transylvania. It's absolutely beyond me why so many people seem to have a basic human need to legislate for other people. National politicians are the worst, of course, but they're simply too easy a target, so I'll leave them alone. Suffice it to say, did you know that by law you have to have a backup phone if your main phone is cordless? The alleged justification? If there's an emergency during a power cut, you won't be able to dial 999 from a cordless phone. Now, put aside for a moment the fact that mobile phone saturation in Britain is close to 100%, so we all have a backup anyway. Then put aside the fact that, statistically, the vast majority of emergencies, by far, do not occur during a power cut. Next, ignore the fact that every cordless phone I've ever seen has backup batteries and will continue to work for around 24 hours without a main supply, and put aside the fact that, in all my years, I have never experienced a 24-hour power cut, even when Ted Heath was at the zenith of his incompetence you still have to ask yourself, what in God's name was it that motivated some complete and utter busybody to wake up one morning and think, hmm, there's quite a proliferation of cordless phones these days. We'd better start thinking up some laws about them. Look, if people are so daft that as their house begins to burn in a power cut, and you have to ask, why would it, since most house fires are caused by faulty electrics, and those that aren't are kitchen fires caused by gas cookers, and what kind of numpty cooks in the dark during a power cut? But just for a minute, if their house does begin to burn during a power cut, and they don't have a backup phone, and they've temporarily mislaid their mobile, or let the battery run down because they're under 12 and they don't have backup batteries in their cordless phone, and they're too gormless to nip to the next-door neighbour and ask, can I use your belt phone to back up down 99, please, as I'm in danger of losing my home and all my worldly goods, except the Ford Focus, because that's at the garage having its 40,000-mile service. If they really, really are that daft, then they probably deserve to lose their homes. No right-thinking person could see it otherwise. But at least they had the choice to have a non-backed-up cordless phone. Maybe Churchill got it wrong. The price of freedom isn't eternal vigilance. It's losing all your worldly goods except the Ford Focus during a power cut. Anyway, I know what you're thinking. I can anticipate the irate emails. This isn't C for councils. It's bloody P for politics. He only managed to stick to the theme for A and B and now he's lost the plot. Well, for those of you that stuck with me, back to the plot. C for councils. You see... At least most of our national politicians are well-educated, intelligent and successful in their own right. The same cannot be said of councillors. If these people were any good at anything, they'd be out doing it, not sitting in a stuffy council chamber making laws about grass verges for the rest of us. 
Do you really think Richard Branson would spend his time discussing tree pruning in the high street with a bin man, a car mechanic, two social workers and a sprinkling of unemployed teachers? Not a bit of it. He's far too busy making millions and making a prat of himself in a hot air balloon. It's as simple as this. Those that can do, those that can't bloody well make rules for the rest of us. Here's another good example. I live in a conservation area. Very nice, very pleasant, and I, just like everyone else who lives here, wants it to stay that way. So when the council says no one is allowed to have a satellite dish on their property, it irritates me because Tallywas cable's so crap. But I can live with it, despite the fact that the properties are so tall, you'd have to be lying flat on your back to spot a rooftop satellite dish. And if you're lying in the street flat on your back, I imagine the last thing on your mind is... Ye gods, this place is beginning to look like a council estate with all these satellite dishes up there. However, when that self-same council comes along one day and simply cuts off, yes, cuts off one of our beautiful Victorian wrought iron streetlights at a height of three feet from the ground because the bulb's gone, and then a week later replaces it with some post-modernist hideous alloy monstrosity and leaves the three-foot stump, I have to say, double standards! Learn to change a light bulb, you cretins! Here's another example. Parking spaces here are as rare as hen's teeth and rocking horse shit. It's made worse by the fact that we seem to be surrounded by private schools, and women in huge, almost articulated four-by-fours insist on ferrying their little Lord Fauntleroys to these schools rather than let them walk the 800 yards and actually get some exercise and fresh air. The result is a lot of completely clogged up roads at least twice a day and many scratched cars as most of these mothers couldn't park a smart car on the runway at Charles de Gaulle Airport during yet another French air traffic control strike. Now, several of the houses in our road have off-road parking, lucky blighters. We applied for permission. Permission! Good God, I paid enough for the property. I don't expect to have to ask permission to alter it a bit. But I applied for permission to create a small driveway. Now, without boring you with the details or giving you a website address where you can check the plans, just accept that most of this very modest, one-car-sized driveway would be hidden by what, by anybody's standards, is quite an attractive privet hedge. The council refused permission. The reason? It would spoil the appearance of the area. Spoil the appearance? What, like four by fours parked half on the pavement and half a dozen cars with their wing mirrors hanging off and some postmodernist hideous alloy monstrosity don't spoil the appearance? Get a life. What next will these no marks just out of comprehensive school, when they bothered turning up, do to interfere in my life? I despair. The solution is quite clear. Only when we take away voting rights from everyone without a first-class honours degree, and I don't mean in media studies or football or social studies, I mean a proper degree, like chemistry or the classics, and from a proper university, not one of those polytechnics that John Major turned into universities because he had a chip on his shoulder about being the son of a circus performer, only then, only then will this country be great again. That's it for this week. 
But just before I go, I want to say thank you to the BBC editor, who just happens to be a Big Brother fan, and after the last episode, emailed me suggesting what I should do with my microphone. Frankly, it was anatomically extremely difficult, but I had a lot of fun trying, and I'm sure regulars will agree, once I put the mic back on the stand, the sound quality has improved dramatically, so thank you. As always, you can email me on podcast at cider.net. If you've been offended, tough luck. Some of your views probably offend me too. If you want a rant, don't email me. Start your own podcast. And if you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and come back and download a new episode each Friday. But remember to ask nurses permission before using the hospital computer. I'm Steve Sider, swifty and misanthrope and grumpy old man. Thanks for listening and goodbye.